Welcome back to episode 36 of In the Shadow of the Evening Trees. I'm Jennifer Von Ebers. I'm David Von Ebers. Welcome back. Welcome back. 36, that's three dozen. That is. I, for a second, I thought I made a mistake. I'm like, wait, <laughs> did I do the Baker's math Baker's dozen? No, that's... Yeah, uh, that's 13. A Baker's right? dozen would be less, Yes. right? No, a Baker's dozen is more. A baker's dozen is 13. A butcher's dozen is less. Oh, a butcher's my mother, dozen. My mother would say, although this doesn't really make sense, she'd say that's because the butcher would put his thumb on the scale. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not, but that would be if you were measuring by weight, not by count. Yes. So, I don't know. But that's I never heard said. that before. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, uh, it must have been a depression era thing. Yes. Uh, so, we are, um, Still soaking up as much summer as we can. And actually, this week is going to be the hottest week of the summer yet. It's going to hit 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yes. Well, that's what they say. Yeah, which obviously for the um, Chicago area, we haven't seen that hot of a temperature yet. Um, Our friends in Texas and other hotter um, states that have had that for many days. Phoenix has been like, you know... It's hit like 117, 118. Yeah, and I don't know if this is real, but I saw a video where somebody's like, their tires were melting on their car. I believe you know? it. Um, so that's kind of gross. I believe it. But hey, you know, global warming is just a hoax. Yeah, it's not happening. Which is funny because, you know, when, when it's cold in the wintertime, people who deny climate change will say, well, how come it's, you know three below zero in, in December, and you're like, because that's the way temperatures work. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, it's funny because they tried to kind of like, they, they, they switched the terminology from global warming to climate change to try to explain the fact that oh, while the overall trend is temperatures go up, there's a lot of other things that happen as a result of climate change. Yes. And it just, the goofballs just, it didn't have any effect on them. They continue to be goofballs. Yeah, while it's happening around us. While it's happening around us. <laughs> and to us. <laughs> and then another favorite talking point is they'll, they'll say, oh, well, yeah, it turns out we were wrong. It's a real thing, and uh, it is caused by human activity. But guess what? It's too late to do anything about it now. Yeah, so good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm aggravated. But we have not had a lot of 100-degree temperatures in recent Years we go through hot stretches, but um, but we haven't had hundreds uh, no. too much in the last few years. Not since 1995. Is it? Did you look that up? No, but do you remember I was oh, pregnant? Oh well, that was insane. Yeah. 1995 was an absolutely insane year in Chicago. I was pregnant with our first, and uh, it was we had hundreds and very extreme weather for several weeks. Yeah, and there was a stretch of time, and I couldn't quote the exact number of days where the temperature did not go below 90 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and, a, and a longer stretch where it didn't go below 80 degrees. So overnight, it wouldn't even get, you know, it wouldn't even cool off. I'll, I'll never forget getting off the L one day. And so it was probably like 6.30, almost 7 o'clock in the evening. And there was a bank uh, with a, you know, a temperature, uh, uh, a clock and a thermometer thing on the corner by the L station. And I... I came up, this is a L line that is below grade because it runs down the middle of the Eisenhower Expressway. So you have to go up to get to ground level. Anyway, whatever. So I come up and I turn to my right and I see the clock and it said 106 degrees. And my thought was, 
wow, it's so hot, they, they broke the thermometer on the bank. Right. Because there's no way, in my mind, there was no way it was 106 degrees. It was just that the thing went berserk because the, t- <laughs> the heat was, because it was all late already. It was like already almost seven o'clock at night. Turns out it was right. It was it right. It still was 106 degrees at almost seven o'clock in the evening. Yeah, no bueno. No, that was not a lot of fun. And what's really funny about that is that was the that was the summer that I started running. Because my dad passed away from a heart attack in 1994, and you know how people will do so. Well, I really gotta, I really gotta, I gotta change my ways. I gotta do something. <laughs> my, my dad was only 72, and I was like, I gotta change my ways. It probably took me a year though to actually do it. And I start. He passed away in May of '94. I started running in May of '95. Little did I know. That but I, didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. So I'd go out for a run in like blazing heat, and it just never really occurred to me that that that's insane. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's not a great idea. Yeah. Uh, I forgot that that's when you started to run. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's our that's the crazy heat wave that was in Chicagoland um, a well, long time ago. We've certainly had hundred hundred degree temperatures since then. Yes. I don't think it's ever gotten hotter than 106 in that stretch. I don't know what the actual record high temperature yeah, I don't is, know. but anyway. And luckily our daughter who's at college um, is in a house that has an air conditioner in her room. Because as many of you know, if you've got children in other campuses around the country who have, are in dorms that do not have uh, air conditioning, yeah. uh, it's going to be kind of brutal for them. Yeah, I wonder what it's like in places like Phoenix and other you know places in Arizona yeah. and whatnot. I mean, I suppose because they have to deal with the heat just all the time. It should be automatic. You know, they probably already have it, but I don't know. You know, at the University of Illinois... Um, we, you know, you just you toughed it out for the first month of school, and mm-hmm. then it, it, the temperatures moderated. Um, of course, you know, I, I mean, I grew up without air conditioning, so that don't doesn't that sound like something <laughs> an old person would say? But it is true. We didn't have, we had no air conditioning at all for many years. Then we had one very large um, window unit. It was one that was actually like permanently installed. Um, it took a window out and put the air conditioner in there and that did a pretty good job of cooling off most of the first floor and then eventually they got around to putting another one in the kitchen or in this sort of like family room off the off the kitchen so that we had two units and it kept the downstairs nice and and cool but but upstairs upstairs no we didn't we had a giant exhaust fan in the attic and there were vents to you know kind of force the hot air out um, you'd sleep with your windows open. You had to have your door open to get the benefit of the oh, exhaust the, fan. Yes, yes. But you could sleep with your windows open and, and your door open, and then that exhaust fan would pump a lot of hot air out of the house and draw cooler air in. So, it, you know, it kind of worked. But, yeah, we did not did not have air conditioning across, you know, like an, an – and I think at some point my parents got an air conditioner in their bedroom too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I actually don't. I, I think we also had air conditioner on our first floor, like a win, window unit. I think my parents had one in their room. I don't think I had one in my bedroom because I just had a flashback of, like, wetting a washcloth really yes. cold water and, like, putting that on your forehead when you're getting ready for sleep. <laughs> and I don't think we had, like, 
box fans to put in the windows either. It's not my memory of it anyway. But those are the old days where people would, you know, the old timers would all say stuff like, well, what you do is you put the fan in the window pointing out, and, you, you know, so it pushes the hot air out of the house and draws the cooler air in through the other windows. And it's like, that doesn't work. The, gi it, the giant exhaust fan in the attic probably did have, because that was a big fan. Yeah. Um, there was like a hatch that would come down. <laughs> it was a whole complicated thing that my dad... By the way, we also, when I was little, we didn't have heat on the second floor either. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, eventually they put in a separate furnace for the upstairs. <laughs> and that was also in the attic. But, but we did not have... we You know, heat rises. Yeah. So you had radiators Bundle on up. the first floor. <laughs> and, and eventually, you know, in the winter, it would eventually warm up upstairs. Yeah. Yikes. So you kids don't know how good you have it. Yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> Uh, so we kind of took a tiny break um, last week. We did not post anything last week, but we're back at it. It wasn't really intentional. It was not intentional. Just the time kind of got away. Yeah. So. Uh, it's funny because during the week when you're working, you're always super conscious of time. And you're always like, you know, I can spend 15 minutes on this, but then I got to get to this other thing because the more time I spend on this, the less time I have to spend on that. Then the weekend comes along and like your concept of time goes out the window. And it's like really... There's an infinite amount of time. So if we sit on the couch for an hour and a half, we still have like, we still have 24 hours day. in this day. <laughs> yeah. And we can do that. Then we can do stuff around the house. Then we could get, you know, work out and do this, that, and the other thing. And there's still going to be plenty of time to do all the other things we want to do. It's, it's, it's a bizarre thing, but I swear to God, on the weekend, it's like the concept of time just goes out the window. We were just talking today that um, having a job, um, it takes time out of your life, basically, yeah, to yeah, do right. things that you would like to do other than work. <laughs> My, yeah, I would say, hold on a moment, I'm going to cough. <coughs> Sorry about that. That's okay. My biggest complaint, I think, right now is that I know too many people who are retiring. And I, you know, and some are around my age, so maybe a little bit older, but... And I'm profoundly offended by anyone retiring. Yes. Because it's going to be a while before <laughs> before I retire. But we're going to win the lottery tonight, so um, that's happening. You're not supposed to tell anybody that. Well, by the time this airs, we'll, we'll already the have the money. Air. We'll already have the money in our pocket. Will we? Yes. I think it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> Can you just transfer that to our account? Yeah. <laughs> $265 million. Um, yeah. So I, what else is going on? What do we want to talk about? I know. I was just thinking about that. Um, we have some crazy stuff going on in the south suburbs of Chicago. We were talking about we this We did earlier. talk about that today on our walk. There was, um, you know, there's a lot of these, there's a lot of people who I think spend all of their time just looking for controversy, looking for something to be mad at, looking for something to complain about. Start and trouble. Start trouble. And a lot of it, you know, in, in these modern times, a lot of it's directed at teachers, a lot of it's directed at school boards, a lot of it's directed at, um, you know, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Libraries. Libraries, public libraries. Friday, there was a local, not local immediately in our area, but in the Chicago area, there was a library that where someone called in a bomb threat. Um, turned out, you know, not to be... Uh, nothing happened, uh, b um, but they had to clear out the library and everything like this. And a lot of that, of course, is because we've got these just these people who are 
I don't know, they're like addicted to rage and anger, and they're constantly looking f for things to be mad about. But the other incident that I was, that you and I were talking about mm -hmm. earlier today involved someone who was hired, and I, I'm not going to go into the specifics of this, because for one thing, by the time we put this out, the issue may have been resolved. Um, and also, I don't want to draw any more ire on this particular teacher, or for that matter, on the school board that's now trying to deal with this situation. But there's a local school district in the Chicago area. They hired a new art teacher, um, and some folks um, who, like I say, are just outrage addicts, somehow or another um, found, it, it, yeah, I should back up, it probably started with some parent in the district saying, well, who is this person? I have to look them up. But it spread from there to these organizations um, that are basically just going around the country bullying school boards and bullying trans and non-binary people and so forth. But the, the teacher in question um, had posted some things on social media that people took offense to. And again, I don't know how it exactly began. Maybe it was a parent uh, or just a community member who saw it, but eventually it kind of got ratcheted up and ratcheted up and these other organizations started yelling and screaming. But, and I'm, I have to think about even how to phrase it. The teacher in question may or may not be gay or trans or non-binary. It's not clear to me, but that teacher's critics are quite certain that they are uh, a member of the queer community in some way or another. Again, I don't know that that's the case, but they found a picture of this teacher who wearing you know, a rainbow shirt, and they decided that there were some things that this person had posted that at least suggest that perhaps they were trans or non-binary. But again, I don't even know if that's true. Um, I do believe that's the thing that's actually motivating. Yes, 100%. But, but putting that aside for a minute, what they found were posts where the person, number one, said some sort of controversial things, one of which was that there was a post on some social, I don't even know what site it was, but I saw a screenshot of it, where allegedly they posted an image of like an upside down American flag with the phrase, F the police, only it didn't say F. Mm -hmm. um, that's like the line from A Christmas Story. Right. He didn't say fudge. <laughs> but in any event, so that was one thing that they were up in arms about. The person also allegedly described themselves um, as a Satanist and some other post. Uh, I don't know what he, I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. I mean, it, it's what, you know, whatever. Right. But, and then, and then they also had posted some things. Now, when I say they posted these things, these are things that were posted years ago. Not Correct. current. Not current. One of which um, dealt with, they, they talked pretty frankly about some mental health struggles that they had. The two posts that these crazy folks, had crazy, I shouldn't say crazy when we're talking about mental health issues, but that these outrage addicts posted about were from 2017, in 2018, so six and five years ago, respectively. Right. The person talked about dealing with bipolar disorder and, and having some you know, mental health struggles. So they seized on those posts to you know, yell and scream and try to get this person fired. Initially, the school district kind of 
for a few days or a day or two sort of ignored it. Then they issued some kind of a statement that said, oh, we hear your concerns and we're going to talk about it. And then they called some special meeting, which I believe is taking place on Sunday of this weekend. I, I don't know why it'd be on a Sunday, but I thought I saw August 20th. But anyway, the thing, it, it leads to these, this, this, you know, this crazy situation where, so if a person says something along the lines of F the police, I know that, you know, maybe that offends you. We were talking about this uh, as we were on our walk today. I don't think I've ever used that phrase. I don't think I've ever said anything like that. I don't think you have either. I'm a pretty harsh critic of, of the police, but I don't think I've ever used that phrase. So I kind of understand why it lands a certain way with some people and it upsets them. However, you got to take a step back. Who are police officers? They are employees of the government. And it's not even just like that. They're, they're not even just like clerks that sit behind a counter when you go to get a, a, a permit for something. Correct. They are not only agents of the state in the sense that they collect a paycheck from the government. They're actually out on the street enforcing the law. They're like peak government officials. You can't be more of a government official yes. than the person whose job it is to literally enforce the law, right? <laughs> So when, when you criticize the police in any way, shape, or form, you're criticizing the government. Even if you use crude language and just say F the police, that's criticism of the government, right? The First Amendment protects virtually all speech, but it clearly protects criticism of the government, like above all, like that, that is the highest level of protection you can have. So these folks are trying to, you know, I think a lot of these critics of this particular teacher and the again these outrage addicted people on on Twitter and whatnot I, I just think that like they don't understand that the First Amendment applies in every context like somehow or another they're big believers in the First Amendment they're always screaming about the First Amendment and free speech and everything like that but they can't seem to understand that cops are the government and so criticism of cops is like clearly protected speech so one aspect of this is they want to get the person fired for being queer, although they'll never admit it. That's clearly a part mm -hmm. of the motivation. They want to get the person fired for protected speech. Then they say, well, yes, but also there's these disturbing posts about their mental health. So they want to um, get a person fired for having had some mental health issues five or six years ago and talking about them frankly. Right, and not only that, but it's like a lot of, can change in a person's life and their health. Right, of you course. Know, so that they could have, you know, of course, sought right. help and gotten help. And then there's, there's the last point is that they claim that the person is a quote-unquote Satanist. And it's like, you know, what the hell do you even think that means? There's a lot of people who call themselves Satanists and they kind of do little, you know, they have little get-togethers and they do little, you know, rituals. But they are not... You know, I don't want to say they're joking because I think that there may be a philosophical viewpoint that is serious to them. But part of it is that they're rejecting, you know, a lot of like traditional religion, right? Like they see some of the hypocrisy, and I'm not, I'm not anti-religious here, so I'm not, I'm not speaking from that perspective. But I think they see you know, the hypocrisy of, you know, people who call themselves Christian, but they go around harming other people. 
They use Christianity as a weapon against marginalized people and the less fortunate and so forth. You know, so I think Satanism, in, in quotation marks, is partly just a reaction against that sort of hypocrisy. Part of it, too, and, and it probably varies from person to person, is part of it is they're messing with you guys, right? right, right. They're trying to get this reaction from you. They're trying, they're, they're being out, you know, I say this as a longtime punk rock fan. I understand, I understand the motivation. They're trying to get under your skin. They're not literally worshiping evil. Right. They're not literally saying, I want Satan to come back and, and, and <laughs> tor- rule the world. T- rule the world and <laughs> torment you. It's, you know, you, the, people will seize on a word, mm-hmm. like, I'm a Satanist, or they love they you know they love to freak out about so-called communists. Everybody's a communist. Everybody I don't like is a communist. You know? <laughs> and and they they there's there's zero thought or nuance that goes into it. It's just they seize on a word and they lose their freaking minds. And here's you know here's the thing is like we've been through this before. There was this whole ridiculous satanic panic BS back in the 1980s where people were suing, you know, Judas Priest for, for writing a, a song uh, that they claim corrupted their children or whatever, you know. It's the same thing when they went after, you know, all the hip-hop groups. It was always like hip-hop and heavy metal. They ignored all the other stuff right. that was out there that might have been equally uh, troublesome. But, but you know, it's the same thing we went through in the, in the 80s with, you know, with with everybody claiming rock and roll, you know, y'all, you play the music ba- backwards, and they say some satanic thing or another. You know, it's it's so trivial and so nonsensical, but it's also a way they they've seized on this idea that if you're a satanist, that that they have the right to be prejudiced against you and discriminate against you. But it's basically just good old fashioned religious discrimination and religious, you know, sectarian prejudice. That's kind of funny because I'm getting off the track here, but we were talking about there's a hip-hop group from Northern Ireland, from Belfast, who uh, are have, have some very pointed views. Yes. Uh, they're called Kneecap, and um, they they sing a lot in, in Irish, in the Irish language. They, they rap in the Irish language. And I kind of like their sound, but then I'm like, I got no idea what they're saying. Right. And so are they saying things that, you know, and, and my purpose of raising that is just that, you know, although they seem to be really cool, I don't want to get into any kind of sectarian, like if they're, if they're saying in Irish, we hate Protestants, I'm sorry, that's not cool. I'm born and raised Catholic, but that's not cool, right? But anyway, it, it, it's this thing about quote-unquote Satanism is just another garden variety form of religious prejudice. Because these people are not actually, you know, like if you're a Satanist, doesn't mean you go around murdering people. It doesn't mean you're going to tell children that they should murder people. You know what I mean? It's like that's not what it is. In fact, there are quote-unquote Satanist organizations and groups that actually give a lot of money to charity and do a lot of good works in the community and stuff. But, but how you know I cannot believe that people are falling for this again 40 years later falling for this oh my gosh they're Satanists anyway so we'll see what happens with that story you know I'm not a school lawyer school law is a very complicated issue uh, area of the law so I don't know the exact 
um, nuances of what a, a school board can and can't do. But as a lawyer, and again, I'm only speaking on my behalf, and I'm not speaking for my employer, and I'm obviously not giving legal advice. But as a lawyer, it really just jumps out at me of there, there are just this series of problems. Number one, I don't see how they can fire someone for, for um, clearly protected speech, especially when that person engaged in that speech long before they were an employee. It's not like they right. said it today. They said it long ago. Um, I don't think they can discriminate against someone on the grounds of mental health issues. I think there are federal and state laws that would, would interfere with that. They can't discriminate, certainly under Illinois law, and, and even under federal law, can't discriminate on the grounds of a person's sexual orientation or identity. So you're left with um, this quote-unquote Satanist thing. And, and again, I, I think that runs afoul of the First Amendment. I don't think you can say, well, you called yourself a Satanist in a social media post, and that offends me as a Christian or as a Jewish person or as any other faith and therefore you know somehow you crossed a line by using that terminology well and when we were talking about it today on our walk uh i was unaware of this so david um was filling me in like um he just did is to think about like you're a person who like is applying for a job you get the job and you're like oh yeah i got this job and it's amazing i'm doing something that i love i'm doing art whatever and then to have a member of the community be like well wait a second i'm gonna go search yeah. and dig and um, scrutinize your past for things that you did even before you even showed up yeah. here. And it's like, if any, if everybody is um, subject to that, I mean, that's insane. Well, and, and, true, and, and there's a huge difference too between private employers and public employers. Now, you could say, you know, you could say private employers shouldn't be firing people for the way they express their views publicly. Um, and, you know, in a lot of instances, I would agree with you, but, but the law doesn't prohibit them from doing that, generally speaking. Um, in other words, you know, a private organization also has First Amendment rights. So if you went on social media and you said things that the owners of the business didn't like, you know, they do have the right to say, look, we don't want to be affiliated with your speech. They have the First Amendment right to say they don't want to be affiliated with your speech, right? So private employers are in a different um, position. That doesn't mean they should be doing it, but legally it's very different for a private employer. But a school district, this is a public school, by the way, if I didn't make that clear, perhaps I should have. It's a public school. The members of the school board are elected officials. You know, the First Amendment clearly applies to that situation, right? And, you know, there was a recent case that went all the way up to the Supreme Court where a high school football coach um, would have these sort of impromptu prayer sessions after football games. I think he had started doing it maybe at halftime, but then, you know, the school said, look, you really can't do that because, the, you know, you're still being actively being a coach in that moment for a public high school. So then he started to do it after the games. And it may be more complicated than the way I'm describing it. But I mean, essentially his argument was, I'm praying it's a private thing. I'm no longer acting as coach because the game is over. Now I'm acting in my capacity as a private person. It's voluntary. The players from either team can join in or not, blah, blah, blah. You know, and of course, in reality, it might be much more coercive than that. But on the surface. Of on the surface. It, on the surface of it, you know, I understand the argument. And the Supreme Court sided with the coach and said, you know, 
the the district the school district or the high school or whatever who tried to tell him to stop this or or who punished him for doing it, they violated his first amendment right to um exercise his religion and it strikes me that if the coach can has the first amendment right to do that and i'm i'm not arguing with the supreme court decision but but that's the, what they said if the coach has the first amendment right to do that well, you know, he's more or less on the clock. I mean, maybe he's off the clock in a technical sense, but he's just finished something that's integral to his job. It's on public property and so on and so forth. If that's okay, and the Supreme Court says it is, then how do you say that a teacher who exercised their free speech rights, you know, off school grounds on social media when they weren't even an employee of the of the um, of the district at the time they did it. I, it's just really hard for me to wrap my head around how you could take any kind of negative employment action against that person without violating the First Amendment. I, I, I just hope don't they see it. Get it right. Well, and and they may, um, they may. You know, what what bothers me though is that how quick they are to give in. To this situation now obviously i should just say who knows you know what conversations they've had behind the scenes have they consulted their lawyers they may be doing this in part you know having this meeting and this public conversation to give people the opportunity to vent and and whatever and you know so so that they can say they did it right right and we then, heard you right right uh -huh. exactly and then you know i mean their lawyers may have already told them well, you really can't do this. Or, you know, again, I'm not, I don't practice in this area and it's complicated and maybe there's some, it's hard for me to understand what it would be, but maybe there's some legal argument that says they can do it. But, you know, presumably they've already had, you know, some communication with their lawyers and and I would think, you know, that the, you know, the, the lawyers, by the way, may not be lawyers who are actually in that community or in that town. They could be a law firm that works in downtown Chicago or a law firm that works somewhere else. Yes. And so they don't, you know, they're going to presumably give them rational advice based on the law, not based upon, not based on their emotions and their feelings. So Correct. hopefully that that's the case. But the, but another side of all this is, you know, I mentioned these organizations that are, are uh, driven by outrage. I mean, we have a couple of these organizations here in Illinois, and needless to say, they're jumping on this bandwagon. I've talked about this Awake Illinois group and, and um, Awake Americans or whatever. And, you know, um, I've talked about them before and how bizarre it is that they hate the word woke and yet they call themselves awake. You know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but okay. But these these folks are just constantly trying to gin up outrage about everything that goes on in public schools. You know, they were all freaked out about masks. They were all freaked out about remote learning. They were all freaked out about vaccines. And then when that kind of subsided, then they turned to anything having to do with queer people. They lose their minds. Um, you know, books in the library about queer people, teachers who are openly gay or whatever. They can't, you know, drag shows for, uh, um, you know, drag queen story hour kind of things. Right. Oh, they just lose their minds over all of this. So these groups have seized on this and they're yelling and screaming about it and trying to get people to um, to show up at the school board meeting. And, and you know, they will say, oh, but it's just parents expressing their First Amendment rights. Yeah, but... But they're ginning up anger 
all the time and not everyone is perfectly rational. Like I said, we just had a library in another suburb that had a bomb threat phoned in. There have been, you know, bomb threats called into or other kinds of physical threats called into children's hospitals all over the country because they provide uh, health care for, for trans youth. Um, there's a violent aspect to this. And, and right here, not in our county, but in a neighboring county, um, there's another story that just came up this week. A couple of years ago, there was a, a bakery called Uprising Bakery in, right. in a nearby suburb. And um, they were going to host a family-friendly event that had drag performers or something like that. And so, again, all of these same groups, you know, they lost their minds and they were convinced that there was something terrible going on. Well, someone traveled from the south suburbs of Chicago up to this place in McHenry County and smashed their windows and did a tremendous amount of damage and spray painted homophobic and transphobic uh, words and phrases on the building and everything like that. And there's very little question that, you know, they were inspired by this ginned up outrage yep. by these organizations. So that per why, why I mentioned that is, aside from the fact that these same organizations were the ones that spurred on this guy to go and attack this this business. By the way, the bakery went out of business after that. It sure did. I know. It was so sad. But the guy who was arrested pled guilty to a hate crime on Friday. So we had, you know, the the threat phoned into the li local library. We had this guy pleading guilty to the hate crime um, again that these same people ginned up at, you know, animosity to it. And you know, one of the driving forces behind the thing with this with this teacher, one of the driving forces is this just pathetic Twitter account run by whatever her name is, Chaya Raychik or however you pronounce it, uh, this libs of TikTok where they just constantly gin up aggravation and anger and, and um, they're very malicious people. And, um, you know, they jumped on this. These are the same people who've been accused of causing the death threats to these children's hospitals and so forth. They're absolutely, Chaya herself is absolutely obsessed with trans people and is convinced, you know, that they're terrible. Meanwhile, she, of course, has courted Donald Trump, the rapist, right? right? So you got, when, when and, and all of these people were behind Trump. And meanwhile, Trump, you know, a jury finds that he's liable for a rape, and all these people are just like, yes, but what about the gay teachers? And what about the trans, what about the drag queens reading children's books? You voted for a rapist twice, but you're worried that someone in a flamboyant outfit is going to read Goodnight Moon to a bunch of little kids. Right. You know, you voted for a rapist and you're going to lecture us about it. Anyway, anyway, let me just say one last thing. And again, I'm not giving legal advice. I'm not speaking for my employer or anything. But, you know, there is potential legal liability here. If I'm right about this teacher's, you know, constitutional and legal rights, and the school board nonetheless goes ahead and fires this person, obviously the school board could face some legal liability, but so too could the people who started yelling and screaming about this. You know, th there's defamation claims. I mean, I saw, I saw one person today um, saying that, that uh, or maybe it was one of these organizations, I can't remember, saying that, that this 
person has a quote-unquote violent past because of their comments about their mental health from five years ago. You can't say someone has a violent no, past. No, absolutely not. If they just said, you know, I struggled with bipolar disease and it made me think violent thoughts or something like that. You can't say they have a violent past. If they actually, you know, committed a crime and got arrested and had an arrest record or something like that, that's one thing. But if they just expressed what it feels like to suffer from a condition and you somehow extrapolate from that that they've actually you know had a quote-unquote violent past you're committing defamation in my view um so you could be sued for defamation there's also something called tortious interference tortious interference with contract and tortious interference with prospective economic advantage if this is a contract employee like a union member who's part of a collective bargaining agreement it might be the former tortious interference with contract even if they're not even if they're an at-will employee there's still what the courts call tortious interference with economic advantage you can get sued if you go after these people after a teacher and you lie about them and you're malicious about it and they get and they end up losing their job so I mean I'm not saying that's going to happen in this instance I'm not I don't represent anybody who's involved in this. I'm not going to represent anybody yeah. who's involved in this. But it's more serious than these organizations and these individuals realize. And I think that at some point, someone has to just bring the weight of the justice system to bear on these organizations. Sue them for defamation. Sue them for tortious interference. Sue them for any claim that you can legally bring. Because they have gotten, a, you know, they've gotten out of hand and they still get away with it and they're and and there's potential violence behind all of this how ironic that they include accuse this person of having a violent past when they're the ones who are ginning up the anger and the right. violence you know so anyway that's my spiel yeah uh so i hope that turns out okay for that teacher because that's yeah. Not not cool, man. Not cool, man. So I want, I'm going to keep tabs on it, and we'll see what happens. But and we'll um, keep you updated. Um, we'll keep you updated. Yeah. But it's um, it's madness. I mean, it's really madness. So thanks for uh, listening to our episode this week, and we will be back next week. And uh, enjoy uh, your night. Or your day. Or your day. Or your week. Wherever you're, whenever you're listening to this. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Bye.